0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا يحده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا حادث له أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أصدق حديث كتاب الله وخير الحد يحدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم والشر الأمور محتذاتها وكل محتذة بدعة وَكُلَّ, ضلالة وكل فِي النَّارٍ أَمَّا بَعْدٍ No doubt, ayyum The likes of these times This time of the week When the week comes to an end These times When And the likes of these days Weekend Saturday night When the people, they relax themselves And when they entertain themselves With that which they entertain themselves with And they put their feet up at home They relax their hair, let the hair down Relax the mind from a hard week of work And chasing the dunya. A time of the week. Which is prime time for many people. Prime time to relax and to entertain oneself. And to switch off from everything. And to just relax and enjoy oneself. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us. And blessed you. To be from those who... Use this time in a, way, in a way which is beneficial. Beneficial for you as it relates to the next life and the hereafter. Allah subhanahu he, wa Taala He says in the Qur'an, "Ya أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنَتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ O you who believe, fear Allah with that taqwa and that fear that He is truly deserving of. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And do not die except as Muslims. This religion, this Islam of ours is the most valuable thing to us. Or Muslim. The most valuable thing to us. Regardless of what's going on in our, in our, in our busy lives. And how you may acknowledge this, that Islam is the most important thing to you and your religion and dying upon Islam. But from time to time, no doubt throughout that busy week, we become preoccupied and we forget about the importance of our religion and dying upon this religion. Do not die except that you die as Muslims. And so in this, as the scholars they mention, it is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, يعني yani live in that condition In that state Of practicing Islam Up until you die In that state yani, That is why The scholars they say And the scholars of tafsir Like Ibn Kathir He mentioned concerning this verse He said Man aash ala shay alay. Whoever lives upon something yani In his state In a, in a certain, uh, state, he lives his life in a certain way. He'll, he will die in that state. Yani, if you live upon something, you're gonna die upon that thing. And whoever dies upon something, whoever dies upon something, he'll be raised upon that thing. Yani, he'll be raised in that state that he died in. And that's something which is witnessed by all of us, that we see those people who, the most important thing to them is this dunya, chasing this dunya. From the moment they were able to chase the dunya, when they reached that age where they were able to go out and earn a living, whether that is through halal way or or a haram way, And they began to chase dunya up until you find that's the most important thing to them and they die in that state. Or someone who is not concerned, not concerned about the purpose of his life and finding out about the purpose of his creation and he just lives his life. He lives his life getting, getting high. Or entertaining himself. And that's all he does up until he dies. So he, and so he dies in that state. Man mata ala shaykh, whoever, or man asha ala whoever lives his life in a certain way. And he dies upon that, upon that way. And he'll be raised. He'll be raised in that state. And that's, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا antum muslimun." Do not die except As Muslims. Meaning, live your life until that last point. When death comes to you upon Islam. And so you die in that that state. And you will be raised in that state. So it's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has guided us, you and me, to give up this prime time. On the weekend. Saturday night. When the people, they they spend this time doing those things which they say entertains them or relaxes them saturday night out they go out and they take part in all kinds of disobedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as for us alhamdulillah our night out is a night out to the masjid and to the to the house of allah to the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we Entertain ourselves with the, with listening to that which benefits us in the hereafter. Listening to the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the, from the Quran and the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah subhanahu so wa Indeed, the, 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 the reminder benefits us continuously. The believer, he needs a reminder. Da'iman wa abudan. We continue, al with the book that we started. Uh, the kitab Al-Arba'in al-Nawawiyya, Al-Arba'in al the fourth hadith of Imam al nawawi and we come to the seventh hadith. And that is that hadith narrated by Abu Ruqayya Tamim ibn Aus al-Dari, the companion Abu Ruqayya Tamim ibn Aus al-Dari. He said, that the that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said الدين النصيحة The religion is nasiha and right here I'm gonna translate the word in يعني, very briefly in a way which يعني, brings across more than one meaning because we're going to see that this word here uh has more than one meaning. يعني that the religion is to يعني uh, to be sincere and to have sincerity uh, of purpose but also the religion is يعني to give sincere advice it has يعني it has this meaning and we're going to see throughout the uh, rest of the explanation uh, how this word Nasihah has more than one meaning قُلْنَا لِمَنْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ The sahaba, they said, we asked, O Messenger of Allah, to whom? To whom is this نصيحة? يعني يعني, to whom should we be sincere towards? And to whom should we give this advice? قَالَ And so he said, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, لِلَّهِ وَلِكِتَابِهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِأَئِمَّةَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَعَامَتِهِمْ He said to Allah, to His Kitab, to the leaders of the Muslims, and to the general folk, the general folk from amongst the Muslims. Rawah Muslim, this hadith was recorded by Imam Muslim in his Sahih. As for the narrator of the hadith, the companion, Abu Ruqayya Tamim ibn Aws al-Dari رضي الله عنه. Then his Kunya As we just heard Is Abu Ruqayya He was known as Abu Ruqayya The father of Ruqayya And Ruqayya was his daughter And that was the only Child that he was He was blessed with Ruqayya That is why he was known as Abu Ruqayya and the, and the Kunya As we discussed before Is when a, 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 An individual is known by uh, being the father of so and so, either his son or in this case his daughter. It may also be that his kunya uh, is other than his his child, such as Abu Huraira, as we learned in one of the previous lessons. Abu Huraira, uh, he was known as Abu Haraira, يعني, uh, Huraira, Huraira being. Uh, A kitten. He was known for looking after a kitten. Uh, That's what his name was. His name was Abdurrahman al Dawsi. And so, here the companion Tamim, he was known as Abu Ruqayyah. Tamim ibn Aws, Tamim the son of Aws al Dari. He was a Christian before he became Muslim. Then he came to Medina and he accepted Islam in the seventh year after the Hijrah. In the seventh year, after one in the ninth year after the Hijrah. He came to Medina and he accepted Islam. Prior to that he was a Christian. And he was known for uh, his reading of the Quran and his concern for the Quran, his recitation of the Quran and and, and reflecting upon the Qur'an and also his tahajjud kathir tahajjud for, uh, for whoever looks into his seerah his, his, his biography you find that the, the uh, scholars of tarikh and seer scholars who write about the biographies of the sahaba and the salaf they all say that he was kathir tahajjud kathir ibadah he used to uh, be plentiful He used to uh, pray the Tahajjud And he was known for his Ibadah He moved to Sham He moved to Sham That area of Syria After the killing of Uthman And he died in the uh, 40th year after The Hijrah From his manaqib And from his virtues that I mentioned the greatest of his virtues is that he narrated a hadith from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wa known as Hadith al-Jassasa. Hadith al-Jassasa. And the scholars, they, they frequently mention his narration of this hadith as being one of his virtues. Because in this hadith, there is that which is known amongst the scholars of hadith as Akabir anil When the Akabir, meaning the, the, the elder ones or the, 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 those who are more, more senior, narrate from those lesser than them, smaller, younger than them or, or lesser than them. Akabir so, anil The scholars of hadith, they, they, this is uh, like a science with them. And so this hadith, hadith al-Jassasah, is a hadith which is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, where Fatima bint Qais, ta'ala she mentions how the Messenger of Allah he, he, after one of the prayers, he turned, and he stood on the member. He turned to the Sahaba, and he said, let, after the salah, he said, let every person stay in his place. In his, where where he sat, <clears throat> and Fatima she was praying with the with the women, and so she sat and she remained. And he said, "Atadaron, lima Do you know why I have I have uh, gathered you together? And told you to to remain in your places. And so they said, "Allah and His Messenger know best." And so he said that tamim. كَانَ رَجُلًا نَصْرَانِيًّا That Tamim was a, a, a Christian. وَجَاء He came, وَبَايَع And he took the allegiance to Islam. وَأَسْلَم And he became Muslim. And he had and he spoke to me. had bi hadith, with a hadith. He spoke to me. And he narrated to me an incident, and an event that took place. to had That I used to narrate to you, and I used to tell you about. Meaning the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then he said that uh, that Tamim, that he went out with, and now here the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is narrating to the Sahaba that which Tamim had narrated to him. So here we have, Riwayatul akabir al- asagir That the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is narrating from Tamim. And it is, it's not known that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would ever narrate it from anyone, anyone other than Tamim. But rather, that which takes place is that the Sahaba narrate from the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so in this, in that hadith, that hadith is well known, that hadith where, uh, Tamim, he mentioned that he went out when he was a Christian, that he went out into the sea on a, on, on, on a, on a, on a boat with 30 men. And they remained, uh, in the sea for, uh, 30 days. And the waves had, yani, uh, forced the ship from place to place within the, within the, within the sea um, until they came to an island. Until they came to an island, and when they came, when they uh, left the ship, the, the boat, and they went onto the island, they were uh, met by with uh, a beast, they, 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 they met a beast. Uh, an extremely hairy beast. To the point that, that they, could, they couldn't recognize its front from its rear. And then, they, they said, who are you? And then he said, I am Al-Jassasa. Al-Jassasa. And that's why this hadith is known as Hadith Al-Jassasa. And Jassasa, they asked him, what's the meaning of Jassasa? And Jassasa, uh, in the Arabic language, uh, refers to, uh, likes uh, To spy. A spy That I spy And I bring Akhbar News To the dajjal To the Dajjal the, the Antichrist Known as the Antichrist The false messiah Dajjal And so <clears throat> He The beast Told them That there is A, a, a man That they should go to and so yeah, and it's a long hadith. But when they when they went, and they feared that it would be a shaytan, they they saw a man, the the biggest man they had ever seen. But he was chained up. He was chained up. And then the hadith mentions how, when they asked, "Who are you?" He said that I am a dajjal. And he asked, "Has this appeared yet? Has?" Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, prophet come to the to the to the arabs to the unlettered the to the arab who were yani who were not able to uh, read and write and he asked these questions and then he informed them that he is a dajjal he is a dajjal and so in this hadith uh, we have tamim Mentioning this and narrating this onto the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam narrating from Tamim to, to the Sahaba, and so this is known as Riwayat al-Akaber anil and this took place with other than uh, Tamim and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, such as يعني, uh, Abu Huraira and Anas and Ibn Abbas and Muawiyah from the Sahaba, they would they narrated from. That that, that is the usual uh, uh, practice that takes place That the Asagir Because the Sahaba are Asagir As as it relates to the Messenger of Allah They are lesser than him That's that's the usual practice That that the Sahaba narrate from the Messenger of Allah But (laughs) رواية الأكبر al الأساغر And In the case of those who, who I just mentioned From the Sahaba that they, uh, that they narrated from, la hmm, From the Tabi'een. Mm-hmm. Yani the usual practice is, is that the Tabi'een would narrate from the sahaba. the sahaba and the Sahaba from the Messenger of Allah. Mm-hmm. But we also have uh, instances where the Sahaba, so those, which, which we, those we mentioned, Abu Harara, Anas, Muawiyah, Abdullah ibn Abbas, they narrated from the Tabi'een. Uh, Ka'b uh, uh, the al-Ahbar The Tabi'i Who was previously a Jew but he, he, he From Yemen but He became Muslim Tabi'i in the time of Umar He came and he accepted Islam And he sat with many of the Sahaba and learned from them and took from them And then you have these companions Who would narrate from him From Ka'b So this is the riwayat al-Akabir An al-Asagir yeah, and this is, so the, the scholars of hadith, they would compile books concerning this, uh, uh, due to uh, many benefits or reasons from them, is that the one who reads the hadith or, or comes to know of this hadith, and when he comes to the chain within the hadith, that he, he doesn't, um, yeah, he's not mistaken, and so now he thinks that the one who is, yeah, the one uh, being narrated from is better than the one who's narrating. So for example, in the case of Abu huraira narrating from Ka'b, because usually, the one above is the one who is كبير, the one who is greater, the one who is a alim, or he's a alim and a hafi and the one below is his student. Yani is a sheikh in his, uh, in his own right. But yeah, the one who is narrating from is greater than him. So, for example, in the situation of uh, the, hadith, the hadith which we mentioned of uh, Al-Jassasa, the Messenger of Allah is narrating from Tamim. But does that mean Tamim is better than the Messenger of Allah? No. And so, likewise Abu Harara, when he narrates from Ka'b, yeah, <coughs> the scholars they would they would uh, make these affairs clear and bring these narrations together and mention. Um, those narrators who, uh, in, in يعني, some circumstances, they narrate from those يعني, lesser than them. So that a person doesn't think, and يعني, is mistaken and thinks that the one who is narrating, that he is lesser than the one he's narrating from. Because if Abu Hurairah is narrating from Cab a person may think that Ka'b is is he is higher and better than Abu Huraira, But that is not the case. And likewise that the one reading the hadith, when he comes to the chain, that he's not mistaken and he thinks that there's a mistake here. That the cab is from the Tabi'een. And so there's a mistake here. No, it should be cab narrating from Abu Huraira. No. It's actually correct. Abu Huraira narrated from Cab. And so they would bring these hadith in one place, so that uh, <coughs> the, those who busy themselves with hadith, that they are aware, that they are aware uh, of these affairs. <coughs> now, as for the hadith, then the hadith, ayyul ikhwa ad-deenun nasiha, the religion is nasiha. And so we're going to explain uh, the meaning of this sentence here. Ad-deen, first and foremostly, can be applied two yani in two ways sometimes the 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 meaning of deen in islam and in the religion can mean yani yomuddin maliki deen malik deen yani is referring to al-jaza al-jaza yani reward yani malik yawm the 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 owner of that Day of Al-Jaza, so Deen can come with the meaning of Al-Jaza, of of reward and being being, yani rewarded for that which we used to do. But also Deen can come with the meaning of Al-A'mal, yani of, of of acting actions, and yani uh, meaning by way of that the religion, yani because we have this life and the next life and in this life we have يعني, the, the command to, to, to practice the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then in the hereafter on the last day we are rewarded based on uh, our, 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 our actions in this dunya here in this hadith the meaning is a second. Yani the second the din meaning the religion al-deen al-deen al nasiha. So this word al nasiha here now we have to explain the meaning of it and go back to the roots of the word for the word and um, for the sentence to make for it to make sense to us and, and the rest of the hadith for us to understand it. ad din al al Um the scholars they mention when explaining this word um, that the meaning of it is Al khulus Al khulus which means to, to purify something. To purify something. You call it is so, and, so it, it is said, شيء ناصح. Something that is pure. يعني خالص خالص pure. خالص من الغش يعني it's, it's pure and free from غش يعني deception and, 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 and lying. Um, and, the, and that is the opposite of uh, نصح. The scholars, when they explain, uh, words from the, from the, uh, practice that they, uh, uh, and that which they regularly do when they explain a word in Arabic, they, they mention its opposite. The opposite of nosh is ghish, yani, uh, to, to be deceptive and to lie. And so nosh is to be, yani, truthful and to be sincere. And to be pure. Naam, so quite frequently the scholars they give the example nasahatu al-asl nasahatu asl that I purified the honey. Yani from from the wax and from the impurities, I purified it. Yani إذا safaytahu. إذا safaytahu, yani if you purified it, if you purified the honey, you would say nasahatu al-asl. I purified the the honey from the wax and from the impurities. Now, um, and so the meaning of uh, 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 نصيحة is خلوص or نصوح, يعني نصوح, and that's why, you when know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, uh, يا أيها الذين آمنوا توبوا إلى الله توبة نصوح نصوح يعني, uh, all you who believe, repent to Allah with that tawbah that is نصوح, يعني pure and sincere, pure and sincere. Now, and so, <clears throat> this is one meaning of nasiha of, uh, and the origin of this word. Another um, meaning of nasiha and the roots of this word is when two things are brought together in a way that they become connected together. So that is why they say about the khayyat, the tailor, the tailor, khayyat. The one who, who who sews and tailors garments and so on. They they call him naseh, naseh, because he brings yeah, uh, two pieces of cloth and material together, the edges. He brings them together, and so that so that they are tied together. And so the hayat, the tailor, is known as naseh. This is the linguistic meaning, um, and so the scholars they mention. That in this hadith in this hadith the meaning of nasiha is khair is to intend good for the one who is being given advice so this is one meaning and this that we just mentioned here refers to the last two things that were mentioned in the hadith. As for the first three, as for the first, so if you go through the hadith again, that the religion is nasiha, and when the sahaba, they said to whom, the messenger of Allah, he said, lillah, to Allah, li to his book, and to his messenger. So the, these are the first three. And the latter two, hmm? to, the leaders, ولي, ولي وعامتهم, to the leaders of the Muslims and to the general folk, to the general Muslims. So the first three, the first three, as Sheikh Salah al-Shaykh, he mentioned, that the meaning of Nasihah here is, what we just mentioned. When two things come together, when two things come together, t- to the point that there is harmony, harmony and agreement in between them. Just like the khayyat, the tailor, He brings the two pieces of garment together that they fix together. But there's harmony and agreement together. Um, to, the, to the point that, هذا uh, yeah, so as it relates to, to us as individuals and people, that we come together so that you give this one his right. And that there is no discord between, between your conflict and disagreement. And so these first three Nasih to Allah, to His Book, and to His Messenger. وسلم, this is the meaning of Nasih here. That as a Muslim, towards Allah, And towards his book and towards the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that there is harmony. That you are sincere towards Allah, sincere towards his kitab, sincere towards his messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to the point that there is agreement. You you accept and and you agree with everything that has come from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Everything that is in the kitab, in the Quran, and everything that has come from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And there is no disagreement, no conflict. You don't disagree with any of that. You don't oppose any of that. As for the latter two, then the meaning of نصيحة here is إِرَادَةُ الْخَيْرِ to, to want good. To want good for the one who is being advised. But also it contains the, the, the meaning we just mentioned. That you come together with the leaders of the Muslims, and with the general folk from the Muslims? Yeah, and it to in a way where there's disag the where there is agreement and harmony and you don't disagree and there is no no conflict between you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions in the Quran Laysa ala dua ala wa wala ala al marba ala de la yjiduna fi uh la la yajidunama yun fi kuna harach. إِذَا نَسَحُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ In Surah At-Tawbah, Allah says, ليس على الضعفاء there is no blame upon the ضعفة, upon those who are weak. وَلَا عَلَى الْمَرْضَى No, those who are sick. وَلَا عَلَى الَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ مَا يُنْفِقُونَ حَرَجٍ Likewise, those who don't find يعني, enough wealth, to go out for jihad. Because this verse is in the context of going out for jihad. There's no blame upon the one who is who is weak due to old age and so on. Or the one who is sick. Or the one who is poor. There's no harm upon him if he doesn't go out. No blame upon him if he doesn't go out for jihad. إِذَا نَصَحُوا لِلَّهِ ورسولي. If they... يعني نَصَحُوا from نَصِيحَة يعني if they are sincere... Towards Allah. So here now you have the meaning of نصيحة, to, to, to towards Allah and to His Messenger. To his Kitab. ورسولي, if they are sincere and true in their duty towards Allah and to His Messenger. now, and so, <coughs> here now the meaning becomes clear at دِينُ nasihah, that the religion is to be sincere towards those first three things towards allah towards his kitab and to, towards his messenger sallallahu and also the latter two towards the to, the, to the, the the leaders to be sincere towards them to be sincere towards the general muslims but the latter two it also includes this kalimah nasiha to give advice that which is commonly understood from the word nasiha but as for giving advice to to Allah and to his kitab and to his messenger no not possible for you to give it advice to Allah not possible for you to give advice to the Quran nor to his messenger sallallahu but here in in the, in the in the case of the first three it means what <coughs> to be sincere to be sincere towards him now and this sentence here, الدين nasihah," the meaning here, as the scholars they mention, is that the religion, all of it, is nasihah. Just like the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, huwa al as, we, as we, we, uh, we learn about in that, when we explain the Kitab الدعاء هو العبادة or uh, الحج عرفة a similar uh, composition as it relates to the sentence as الدين النصيحة that حج is عرفة and what can be understood from that is that حج all of it comes back to to عرفة and that is why they say عرفة is الرقن الأعظم the greatest pillar uh, in in Hajj, from the, from those pillars in Hajj that 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 uh, the hujjaj they they carry out. Not that that's the only pillar, but what it what it means is it is from the greatest, it's, it's the greatest pillar. Uh, and dua ibadah, and we know ibadahs of many types, not just dua, but it emphasizes it emphasizes the 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 the, the great station of dua. So here nasiha, not that. The religion, all of it, is just to be sincere, and that's it. And to to uh, give advice to to, to 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 the leaders and to the to the Muslims. No, but, yani it's from those, yani uh, uh, those actions. From those actions that have a great station, to be sincere, sincerity, and to to to, to give advice. Now. قلنا لمن we said To the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And in one wording The Messenger of, messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He said it three times الدين nasiha, And the scholars they mentioned that uh, From the practice of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is that When he would teach the Sahaba That he would leave things as General In a general sense The religion is nasiha, And that's it what, what this does, is that it leaves in the mind of the one who just heard that. Yani it, it makes him yani curious. Yani what's, what's the meaning of that? And yani if you make a general statement, you want to know the specifics. To whom? So we said to whom? Who said that? So, so. Tamim and the Sahaba who were who with him. نعم. Mm-hmm. لِلَّهُ to Allah, and so here now, sincerity towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is ikhlas wa ibadah, له, to make that ibadah purely and sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To make that tawheed, to make that purely for Allah. To first and foremostly accept, and to believe the uh, uh, in the Tawheed of Allah. And the categories of Tawheed, the three categories that we mentioned, that a person is sincere towards the Tawheed of Allah, as it relates to the Rububiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to his lordship, and his Ubudiyah, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to his names and his attributes, that he is sincere. How is he sincere? As it relates to the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't reject them. He doesn't make ta'wil of them, and distort them, and reject them, and, Explain them in a way which the Messenger of Allah and the Sahaba never did. And the Salaf never did. Likewise, when a Muslim when he says La ilaha illallah, he's sincere to that. He's sincere to that. And he, he he makes a shahada, but he's sincere both inwardly and outwardly. He doesn't just say it with his tongue and then he goes to the graves and worships those in the graves. But rather he's sincere To his statements. Both inwardly and outwardly. And likewise, being sincere to Allah is to obey him with his commands. And also to stay away from those things that he prohibited. لِكِتَابِهِ to be sincere towards the towards the book of Allah. Then the meaning of that is that first and foremost a person he believes that the Quran is the speech of Allah. The Quran is a speech of Allah. And it was revealed to the Messenger of Allah. Sallam. The Quran he believes that it is a speech of Allah, not created. It was revealed to the Messenger Muhammad. Sallam. And he also he recites it and he ponders over it. And he understands it and he seeks its tafsir. He seeks to learn about the means meanings of the Qur'an. The explanation of the Quran, and he acts upon it. He acts upon that which is within the Quran. But a question: Why, in this Hadith, did the Messenger of Allah mention the Kitab before the Messenger? When he said that the that this Nasihah is to Allah, you would expect Allah and His Messenger. And then to the Kitab. But why? Here, in this hadith, did the Messenger of Allah mention the Kitab before? لِرُسُولِهِ The Kitab comes from Allah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. We mentioned that before. when explained that to the Rasul? Is it because Quran is the speech of Allah? Na'am, mm-hmm. the Quran is the speech of Allah? Na'am. Huh? Did someone say something over there? Huh? Because it's the speech of Allah. <laughs> 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 Naham. Shaykh, Shaykh ibn Ithamin, he mentioned, because the kitab of Allah, yabqa, it remains. It remains. As for the Messenger of Allah, then he, he will die. He will die. But the kitab, and it remains. The kitab, it remains. And so here, uh, the Messenger of Allah, he mentioned the kitab first, before mentioning the Messenger. His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, the Rasool to to be sincere towards the mes- to, towards His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that is by bearing witness, bearing witness that He is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and to take take that shahadah and to say it, and, and again to act upon that both inwardly and outwardly. To act upon his commands, the commands that are come from the Messenger of Allah, sallam. and as we're going to see in uh, those hadith that are to come in this kitab, I believe in the the ninth hadith, wherein the Messenger of Allah he said that that which I have ordered you with, or that which I have prohibited you from, فجتنبو. stay away from it. And that which I have commanded you with, then carry that out as much as you are able. And so that is why Allah ta'ala he mentions in the Qur'an. Uh, فم, uh, whatever the Messenger of Allah SWT gives you, then take it. And that which he forbids you from, then stay away from it. So likewise, just as with the Quran, whatever is in the Quran from the speech of Allah from prohibitions, from commands and prohibitions, and likewise within the sunnah, and within the speech of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there are commands and prohibitions. So whatever comes from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in his sunnah, then likewise we act upon that, from commands and prohibitions. Likewise, uh, to, to be from, from being sincere to, to, towards the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is to obey him, and to believe in that which he informed us of, like the Hadith of Jassasa, about the ad and those amour uh, of the ghayb, those affairs connected to the, to the unseen, and, to, uh, and those affairs connected to the last day and so on, then from nasiha to the, towards the Messenger of Allah is to believe in all of that, so long as, uh, as it is authentically established from the Messenger of Allah's Allah And likewise, to, to take him as an example to love him more than we love ourselves, more than we love our children, and our parents, and the rest of mankind. Likewise, to follow his sunnah, to follow his sunnah, stay away from bid'ah, stay away from bid'ah. Wa imatul muslimin, and to this nasiha is also towards the leaders of the believers, imatul muslimin, and this as a Sheikh Ibn Uthameen, Rahimullah, he mentioned, is, or it refers to two types of people. When we say, A'immat al-Muslimin, it goes back to two groups of people. The first is the ulama, the scholars. Because the scholars, they are warathatul anbiya they are the inheritors of the prophets. And so the ulama, they are the ones who carry this religion, and they teach the religion. And so the sharia of Allah, they teach it, and they are the ones who understand it. And by way of them, the sharia of Allah is established, and understood and practiced. The second group is the Umarā, the leaders, the leaders of the Muslims. Those who are leaders over the Muslims. And so, the ulama, they are the ones who teach the religion. As for the umara, they are the ones who, يعني, they they implement the sharia within the lands and over the people. They implement the religion. And so, Sheikh Ibn Hathamin, that he, he mentioned that the ulama that they are, yani, more deserving before the Umrah has been called Ayymatul Muslimin, the leaders of the Muslims. What might come to your mind, first and foremostly, is when you hear Ayymatul Muslimin and leaders of the Muslims, is, yani, the, the leaders within the lands. But, Sheikh Ibn Athameen, he mentions that the scholars, they are more worthy of being called Aymat al-Muslimin. But it also includes the Umar. Now, as for being sincere towards them, or giving advice to them, then this is through a number of ways. Shaykh Ibn uthaymeen he mentions, that that is through, first and foremost, loving them, having muhabbah towards them, loving them, aiding them, helping them, by... Spreading and distributing their speech, the speech of the scholars, those who explain and teach the, the religion of Allah. Distributing their speech, their books and their tapes and so on. By defending them and their honor. As for actual advice, giving advice to the, to the, to the scholars, then that is, first and foremost, as the sheikh he mentioned, that there are stages before a person, he gives advice to these scholars. Because first and foremost, it's gonna be something rare that you give advice to, to the scholars. Because the scholars are the, are, are the inheritors of the prophets and the most knowledgeable of people after the, after the prophets concerning the religion. And so the Sheikh, he mentions that first and foremostly, when we discuss giving advice to the scholars, that a person, he has to establish that that which he sees as a point a point about which the scholar needs to be advised concerning that first and foremost he has, he has to establish that that thing truly is a point of criticism a point of criticism which requires given advice he has to establish that because he could be wrong that he thinks that the, the, the scholar is in, is in need of advice as it relates to a particular matter but he could be wrong because a scholar, he, he, is one who uh, is acting upon, or yeah, that which is uh, the the norm with the scholars is that they act upon that which is in the Quran and the Sunnah. However, it's possible that he can he can fall short, make a mistake, and so on. But first and foremost, the, the person who gives advice to the scholars then he needs to he needs to be sure that that thing is something which is 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 a matter. That requires advice. It could be something which is from the religion, but he he just, he doesn't know that it's from the religion. Um, and also that if that particular matter, after being established, that it is something that requires advice or that advice, that advice should be given to the scholar, that it is done with ihtiram, with respect and with Adab, and with, ma- you know, with the correct mannerisms, because giving advice to a scholar when he makes a mistake, and po- a scholar can make a mistake, and he can make a mistake in a ruling. That this is advice, and to remain quiet is rish, Yeah it's, to, it's, to, it's to, to be deceptive. But, but to be sincere is to give advice when, when the situation. Requires that that a scholar he may uh, make ijtihad and then he, he he makes a mistake. That's why you find the other the scholars they would they correct him or they yeah they they they, they um, mention a different viewpoint and they, they they say how he has erred or he misunderstood this 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 matter or the evidences that he has quoted he has quoted yeah they don't support that which he he, he claims. And so that is why the uh, scholars, they mention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made for every, for every alim a ghalat. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made for every scholar a mistake that He will make. And so we find those who blindly follow the scholars and the madhahib. That the scholars of, of past and present they they mention how the scholars they make mistakes and it is not the case that a scholar and a alim and an imam would be correcting every single issue and that is why you find them that they will they would mention even even about their own teachers they would they would mention how they did not agree with him on that they did not agree with him on that particular matter and they oppose him and this is all nasiha nasiha towards the the ulama. The, the now, as for the ayma and the leaders, the leaders of the, of the, of the, um, of the believers and the Muslims, then, giving advice to them or, or being sincere towards them first and foremostly is, first, is to believe and to accept their leadership. It's to believe and accept their leadership. If they have, يعني, been appointed as, 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 as leaders for the Muslims. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said man mata man mat wa laysa fi 'unuqi bay'a mata mayita Whoever dies yani and he he uh, was free from making his allegiance towards yani the leaders the leader of the muslims then he has died a death a death similar to the death of jahiliyyah, the days of ignorance. Now. And so this shows to us the importance of, of uh, having a leader and being being uh, obedient to the to the to the leader and, and elite having allegiance towards him. Being sincere towards them also includes being obedient to them in that which is good, likewise hiding and covering their faults. But this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that we remain quiet about their errors and their mistakes, rather we advise them in that which is private, we advise them in private. And we have an example of this from from, from from the Sahaba, Usama ibn Zayd, when they came to him, those who came to him and said, Will you will you not advise so and so the leader? And he said, "Aturidun and wahdithakum and بكل ما bihi al Khalifa. He said, "Do you want that I, يعني I tell you about everything that I discuss with the with the uh, Khalifa and the ruler, and that I'm gonna make public his affair?" And so we find that the Sahaba that they would advise, they would advise. The leaders in private, and likewise, Ibn Abbas. He was asked about advising the ruler, and he said, "In kuntafاعلا ولا بد, that if you have to do it. ففيما بينك وبينه, if you have to advise the ruler, and it's necessary that you advise him, then make sure that it's between you and him, between you and him, and." There was a man that came to Al-Ma'moon, one of the leaders of the Muslims. And he was harsh upon him. He came to give advice, but he was harsh upon him. And so Al-Ma'moon, he said to him, He said, He said, He said, One who was far better than you. Admonished one who was who was far worse than me. That one who was far better than you admonished and gave advice to one who was far more evil than me. Referring to who? Musa alayhi salam. يعني Musa a.s. far better than you, admonished one who was far more evil than me, referring to Fir'aun. Yeah. اذهب إلى Fir'aun إنه طغى وقول له lahu ليناً لعن la'allahu يتذكر أو يخشى as Allah s.a.w. mentioned in surah Taha. Surah, uh, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he sent Musa a.s. and his brother Harun to Fir'aun Allah commanded him, commanded both of them, to say a gentle word to Fira'un. To Fira'un. So he, he was referring to to uh, Musa alayhi salam with Fira'un. Wa'amatihim to him, and to be sincere and give advice to the general folk, then this is by making apparent your love for the for the Muslims, for the believers, by giving them the salam. By smiling, by smiling at the at the at the believers, by giving advice, by helping them, giving them guidance, and so on, and by staying away from harming harming them in any way. Now so the likes of this hadith at ikhwa the likes of this hadith is no doubt from the Jawami' Al-Kalim. Those Ahadith and those statements that the Messenger him, he would make, those statements that consisted of very few words, very few words, but plentiful in their meanings. And so those ahadith such as some of the, some of these ahadith that you we hear them and we don't ponder upon them. And we just think, يعني, you hear the hadith and you don't ponder. Like the statement of the Messenger of Allah, he said, Al-Muslim, Akhul Muslim. The Muslim is the brother of another Muslim. And you hear the hadith and you think, yeah, the, you know, he's your brother. He's Muslim. He's your Muslim is your, your brother. But, يعني, these simple words, they require reflection, ayul ikhwah. and they have tremendous meaning. Yani, he's your brother. He's your brother, just like you have blood brothers. Yani, think about how you are with your blood brothers. You have respect for your brother who's older than you. Also the one who's younger than you. Yani, there's certain barriers you don't cross. Likewise, al-Muslim, man salim al-Muslimoon, min lisa'ni wa yadi. The Muslim is the one, and the rest of the Muslims are safe. From his tongue, and from his, from his hand. Yeah, some of these ahadith, ayul ikhwa, they're simple, but they have tremendous meaning. From, from, from them, this hadith, ad-din And so being sincere towards the Muslims, being sincere towards the believers, to your brothers, in Islam, is no doubt, ayul ikhwa, all of these affairs that we mentioned, and Likewise, as is coming the Hadith, "Man nafsa am mu'minin." Whoever man nafsa am mu'minin, min kurb min kurb al-dunya, nafsa Allahu anhu min kurb yom al-qiyaamah. In the Hadith, what uh, the, when the messenger, of Allah, uh, messenger of Allah he said, "Whoever," يعني Makes an opening or makes an affair easy for the believer, and he removes some hardship from him. In this dunya, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will remove a hardship from him from the hardships. Yom al Qiyamah on Yom al Qiyamah, and likewise in that same hadith, man satara mu'minan, whoever covers covers the fault. Whoever covers the fault of his Muslim Muslim brother. سَتَرَهُ اللَّهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover his faults in this life and in the next life. وَاللَّهُ فِي عَوْنِ الْعَبْدِ مَا كَانَ الْعَبْدِ فِي عَوْنِ أَخِيهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he he remains and he, he continues to aid his servant so long as the servant aids his brother. نعم. So the likes of these ahadith, ayyul ikhwa sometimes we have to go back to them and uh, ponder, ponder upon the tremendous meaning, meanings within these ahadith. Imam Shafi'i he mentioned, rahimahullah, he said concerning giving nasiha, he said, من وعد أخا سرًا فقد نصح, نصح. وزانا Whoever gives advice to his brother he gives advice to his brother sirran and this is from the adab of giving nasiha from the man from the mannerisms when giving advice That you may you may need to give advice to your brother now because some some things you can't remain quiet about the origin is that a muslim if he does something which you know, you yourself, if you were to do it, you will you would hope that your Muslim brother he doesn't expose you and he doesn't begin to mention your faults to those around you. And so just like you want that your faults are hidden, then you should want that for your brother. However, there are some matters that may require you that you advise him, that you advise him, that you can't remain quiet, but an obligation upon you to to correct him. As the Messenger of messenger, Allah he said, unsur أَخَاقُ, unsur أخاق. He said, Aid your brother. Zaliman or madluman, Aid your brother, whether he is an oppressor or he is oppressed. And so the Sahaba, they said, oh, that we understand and it's clear how you are to help your brother who is, who is being oppressed. But how do we help the one who is an oppressor? And he said, "Stop! Yeah, yeah. I need to advise him and to stop him from 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 uh, oppressing others." And so, from time to time, you may it, may it may be required that you advise your brother. But how do you give that advice? Sirran from the adab of giving advice. Advice is Sirran, yeah, in private, in private, not to advise your brother in in the open, in front of everyone, because that is more than likely going to going to uh, result in him rejecting that advice. Although your advice may be sincere, and يعني, the truth may be with you. But the way in, you, the way in which you give advice, no doubt, ayyulah, is, is also extremely important. And so you know, Imam Shafi'i, he said, whoever admonishes his brother and advises him, or, يعني, Wa'ad akha to admonish, whoever admonishes his brother, sirran, in private, فَقَدْ nasaha. Then he has advised him. That's nasiha وَزَانَ And he has beautified him. He has beautified that Nasiha And he has beautified his brother. We'll explain that. وَمَنْ Waadahu And whoever admonishes him openly فَقَدْ فَضَحَ فَقَدْ فَضَحَ Washana. Then he has يعني, exposed him. And he has يعني Fabahe, يعني he is, يعني he showed him, he he showed him up, he exposed him, and he, yani he disgraced him. Washana, and he is يعني yani ugly, يعني yani he's made it. Shana means to to make something ugly, and that is referring to that hadith. Al Rifqul, لا يكون في شيء إلا زنا ولا ينزع إلا شانة. That ref gentleness is not present in something except that it beautifies it. And it's not removed except that it makes it ugly. And so here, Imam Shafi is saying that when you advise your brother, and if you do it privately, then you have advised him. You have advised him. However, if you were to do that openly, then you, you have exposed him and disgraced him. And more than likely, he's not going to ad, uh, accept that ad, advice. Likewise, an incident that took place at Yulechwa. Between uh, Al Hassan and Hussein, the grandsons of the Messenger of Allah, and an old man, and in this we we see how the Salaf, how they were when given advice, that they came across a man, an old man, who who couldn't make wudu properly, but they wanted to advise him. And so one of them he said to the other, he said, Ta'al Nurshid, Hada Sheikh. Let us Yani teach this, this Sheikh. And so one of them he said to the Sheikh, Ya Sheikh, Inna Nureed and Tawabbah Baina Yadek. We want to make wudu in front of you. Hatta Tendrila up until you, you look at us and you watch how we make the wudu. من so that you can judge between us as to who is يعني, who, who makes wudu in the best of manners. And so they made the wudu they both both of them they began to make the wudu. They made the wudu in front of in front of the man. And so he turned and he said, Ana أنا wallahi. والله, أنا والله I am the one by Allah who يعني, I haven't perfected my wudu and I haven't come with this wudu correctly. And so they were able to give the advice in a way where يعني, he didn't feel that he was being criticized. But look at the wisdom in, in how they gave advice that they يعني, use rifk, gentleness, and wisdom. Now, and as I was coming to the hadith. As it's coming the hadith, that the messenger messenger of said have you seen that if one of you were to have two slaves and one of them was يعني, he was يعني, obedient to you and he fulfills his trust. ينصح, from that word نَصِيحَة and that he he is sincere towards you. So this slave, one of them He is sincere toward you When you're absent And the other slave He disobeys you He doesn't fulfill his trust And يغش, Which is the opposite of ينصح, As we mentioned and he, he, he deceives He deceives you And, he, and he, he's deceptive and he cheats When you're absent Yeah, did the same Messenger, Messenger, Messenger of Allah He asked And they said No, they're not, they're not the same He said Likewise, this is how you are Before Allah And so for Ibn Ayyad He mentioned Concerning this hadith He said that Al-Hub af-dal, Min al-Khawf He said That love Is better than Khawf Fear Meaning When you have someone love you It's far better than Someone fearing you. He said, "Have you not seen that if you had if you had two slaves, and he mentioned the hadith. He said that the one who is obedient to you, and the one yani who who fulfills his trust, and that is because he loves you yani because because of how you are with him. Yansahuk that he is sincere towards you when you're at, when you're present and when you're absent. But as for the slave who fears you." Fears you, then, when you're present, yes, he may be sincere towards you. But when you're absent, when you're absent, he's not sincere. Rather, he cheats and he 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 is deceptive. Now, and so this is the hadith Ayyul Ikhwah that seventh hadith that Imam al he 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 brought, and there are many benefits Ayyul Ikhwah in the, that Sheikh Ibn Taimin he mentions from them, uh, just as a last point here, um, he mentioned that in this hadith, it shows to us um, how the Messenger, Allah how he was uh, when teaching the Sahaba, from them, it, show, it shows to us the haris of the Sahaba, their zeal in learning. Likewise, Beginning with that which is more, more, most important, and then that which is lesser than it, the messenger of Messenger he said that the nasihah is for Allah, first and foremost, Then the kitab and then the messenger, and then uh, the leaders of the believers uh, and the Muslims and the general folk. And likewise, that the nasihah that the nasihah that, nasiha that it is to be given. Yeah, as it's coming the explanation that. The And has to be given to the to the to the leaders and to the general folk and also in this in this hadith we learn the importance of of yani, having an imam having, having an, an imam and that, that that leadership can be in a general sense and it can be specific and he mentioned as it relates to the specific and we know that which is general, and that refers to the to the leaders of the Muslims. But there is also um, a form of leadership which is specific. And so the Sheikh, he gives an example. He says, for example, the Imam of the Masjid. The Imam of the Masjid. He says that the Imam, he has rights. The Imam of the Masjid. He has rights over the general Muslims. And so the Imam ratib meaning the fixed Imam, that there is not to be, that no one is to come and just lead the prayer without his permission, or that a second Jama'ah is to, is to be carried out without his permission. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah He said that if three people were to travel, three people were to travel, then they should make for themselves an Amir, a leader. And uh the Sheikh he mentions that it is obligatory to to uh to obey him. So the Sheikh then he mentions that, that is in that which is connected to the journey itself. And so if the if the one who has been appointed as the Amir in the journey, if he says and he commands one of the others who are uh, making the journey with him. He says, or oh, so and so, stand and, 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 and do such and such. Um, if it is, if it is connected to the journey itself and that which benefits them and, yeah, and it's connected to the journey, then you have to obey him. Waj, it's wajib to obey him. As for if he commands them with something which there is no benefit, no benefit يعني, which is directly connected to the to the to the journey itself then there's no obedience to him and so for example if he if he says so and so get bring bring for me my shoes and he becomes يعني, he uh, he 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 becomes يعني, uh, somewhat of a nuisance and he takes advantage then uh, there is no obedience to him in that now and these are some of the benefits that the sheikh he brought and with that will 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 we'll suffice uh, next week we will continue with the 8th hadith. Um, and that hadith, um, likewise, is a tremendous hadith. Um, but we suffice with that.